Hello and welcome to the second episode, or the first real episode in this new um, series of podcasts from Man On. This is series four, and uh, like we said last time, we're going to try and get a lot of guests on um, this series. So joining myself, Murray, and Mick this week, we have Jay from Talk Hub. But before we get into that, we'll go, um, Mick, how have you been this week, last week? Ecstatic, mate. Absolutely ecstatic. What a win for Scotland. Can you, can you tell us why? What a week for Scotland, mate. What a week. Sorry, Jay. I know I know England struggled a wee bit, but, it's, but Scotland have been absolutely amazing. Um, I'm still absolutely buzzing for, for Saturday. I couldn't care less about the Pharaohs. Honestly, what a week, man. What a week. We don't get we don't get this too often. So when it happens, we've got to kind of rip the piss out of it. So I'm I'm absolutely delighted, mate. Brilliant. Uh, there was a massive feel in the for everything, the positivity, optimism, and all that on Sunday after the game, which has been a long time coming for the Scotland national team. So Aye. Aye. I, I, didn't see, I, didn't, I didn't really see much this Sunday to be honest with you. I was kind of, <laughs> I was, I was in a, a hangover state, but no, I was, I, I was just literally scrolling through Twitter and looking at all the videos, and just honestly, just, aye. just enjoying every second of it. But aye, it was. But aye, so we touch on that. Aye, we'll touch on that a wee bit later on. But yep. So all the way, obviously from Liverpool, Jay, how you doing, mate? Yeah. I'm not yeah. bad. Thank I'm you. Cheers for coming on. <laughs> Warrington, right, sorry. No Liverpool, no Liverpool. Next to Liverpool. So, uh, suppose we can just dive right in. So, obviously, Jay, you've had uh, Talk Hub going since, it was just, it was before lockdown, Talk Hub, wasn't it? It was just the start of last year. Yeah, Feb- February 2020, yeah. Yeah, so, obviously, so for so, well, it's quite similar to us, I suppose, but um, for listeners, Talk Hub is uh, Warrington, not Liverpool, the Warrington um, version, almost, of Man On. So we do the walking talks and the football therapy and things, but they've also got, um, which I'm interested in and I want to delve into deeper, but boxing nights coming up, i seen, which I think would be a brilliant idea, not for me personally, because I couldn't fight sleep. But I think the idea of it for fitness and that would be brilliant. But I, if you could just give us a wee kind of summary and an overview of Talk Up and everything you've got going on at the minute. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we obviously I'm based in Warrington, but I do a lot of work in Liverpool as well because I've got a lot of connections there through Everton and just family and stuff. So, um, yeah, basically we started off as a walk and talk group um, in February last year before COVID hit. Um and then a bit like yourselves, you know, went online virtually and stuff and uh, did a lot of virtual men's walking talks um, where we got guys to go out and uh, go on a little walk, get a photo and join us on Zoom. And, you know, Chris joined us. Um, I remember that. Our, our that's, how, that's how we connected with, with you guys. And, um, you know, since then, we've just done a lot of lot of walks, uh, playing footy on a Friday, Um taking part in tournaments where we met you in Liverpool in Heighton mm-hmm. um, and um, you know just it's just gone quite big to be honest you know working with Everton as well at the moment to do a walk before the West Ham game on Sunday so you know there's a lot, lot of stuff going on and we're starting the, the mental health boxing programme January I think it's going to be now so you know that's one of my passions as well so just trying to do things that guys can connect with really Jay, yeah. okay, can I can I ask you what what made you what made you start? I mean, what gave you the idea to start Talk Hub? Um, you know, when I when I there's things years ago that have led up to led up to it. So I did a, a short film on YouTube about my OCD with um, a friend of a friend, and I mean, I was very scared to do that. You know, obviously when you speak out for the first time, it's you know very um, daunting. But once I did that, and I, you know, I put it on Twitter and social media and I got like a really good response and because I was thinking people are going to think I'm a weirdo when I'm talking about my obsessions and compulsions because I've never told anyone before, but I had a lot of people messaging me and coming up to me at the Everton matches, like random people. And because I seen the impact, I was just like, you know, I think I can make a difference here. Um, so they decided to start speaking more openly and set my own, my own podcast up. Um, and it just, 
something happened in 2019 when I, I was feeling that down in work. I just started listening to podcasts because I felt really negative. And I just I just listened to podcasts for nine hours a day. Just and you know, they might have it was inspirational ones or boxing stories of Everton, whatever. I just listened to them and that really helped me to change your mindset, listening to David Goggins, people like that. And you know, that's spurred me on to, you know, do the podcast. And then one day I just thought, I've always wanted to do something, but I didn't know what it was. And when I was walking, I just thought, I can do this with guys and it's for free. So mm-hmm. I don't like sitting in rooms and stuff, but walking, it's like you're more casual, aren't you? And um, yeah, just, and that's why I started it. Brilliant, mate. Brilliant. You, can see the, you, can see, you can see the impact it's had. It's been massive and it's been brilliant to actually watch it because, again, the yourself and the group in general are quite vocal on Twitter, um, which is brilliant. So it's good to see how much it's grown and, and how many people are getting involved. i seen even Tony Bellew was involved as well. So that's, that's incredible. So yeah. how, how did that come about? Yeah, is this goes there a minute? Um, eh? Yeah, is he He's a massive Everton fan. Yeah, he's, not as yeah. as, he's not as big as Jay. But no, he's Jay's the biggest Everton fan I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Um, I won't say that to his face, though. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, well, Tony Bell, like, for me, is a hero because, mm-hmm. you know, obviously I used to do boxing. And five years ago today, like, right now, I had my second amateur fight, which you probably see on Twitter yes, before. Yes, mm-hmm. I was in it. I was sat watching Tony Bellew videos in the changing room thinking this is going to be me walking out to their car soon. You know, Everton song. I was like, I can't tell you how I went in much of a bad place with those lads, but I just kept watching them videos and thinking, okay, I'm, I'm going to come out to their cars in a couple of hours. And I told Bellew this the other week when I was on a walk with him, I said, so like, you're my hero. Like, I watched your box for a long time and obviously a massive Everton fan like me, so, you know, um, Some just, made, just made up to talk to him, and that come about because uh, Chris Kirkland, like, we've, he's been involved with Talk Club since, you know, early last year, and he come on and spoke to the guys, and, um, you know, he's, he's sent videos and stuff like that, he's been really supportive, and he just messaged me saying he wanted to come on to the movement Darkness to Light Walk, um, last month for World Suicide Prevention Day he literally rang me on a day and said Jake can I come on it and I was like uh, yeah yeah sound <laughs> um, you know, can I bring my dog I'm like uh, I'll ask yeah <laughs> then he rings me at 7 at night he's like Jake um, no like bring a guest I was like yeah I do he went Tony I was like who's Tony <laughs> Tony Bellion I was like oh my god yeah yeah so <laughs> So, you know, yeah, we had a really good chat with him for hours, you know, just me and the lads, just just like one of us, honestly, mm-hmm. God, like, so down to earth, both of them, like, really nice guys, and, you know, I've sent Tony a couple of messages, and he's, you know, he's replied and stuff, and he's just, just down to earth, so, yeah, it's it's been great to, like, get to know them as well. He's not playing in the football tournament, is he, against us? Oh, That's not allowed. <laughs> One boxer is enough. <laughs> Secret weapon. <laughs> nah, I'll uh, take he he, he can be left back and I'll be right back over a complete other side of the pitch just away from him as far as possible. <laughs> nah, uh, yeah. I, but I was going to touch on it. You've obviously mentioned it, but um, obviously one of the reasons you're doing the boxing with uh, Top Club is because you used to be an amateur boxer yeah. a few years ago, didn't you? Yeah. I remember... Uh, so Owen was telling me about it that day we were doing in uh, Liverpool at the tournament. He was talking about it then, that you used to do boxing. And obviously yeah. you, you, you tweet about it quite a bit. But... Yeah, that, that, that's when I lost my head that day, wasn't it? Aye, that's why you told me. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> it takes a lot for me to um, lose it, but yeah, I just, just got to a point that Aye. day. Um, it was a heated day. Aye. But yeah, you know, because I know how much it helped my mental health, you know, before I started boxing, I was in a very, very dark place, like, 20, end of 2014. Just a very low place, lads, and you've probably been there yourself. I just, I just didn't want to really be here no more, and um, I even stopped, I even missed, like, four or five Everton games that Christmas, because I, you know me, I, I don't, I've missed nine matches since 2010, and, like, 
Mulder. And half of them will run about that time. <clears throat> I physically couldn't get myself to the game. I was just gone. Um, so I missed a, you know, a few matches that Christmas. And um, my mate just took me into the gym and just said, you know, yeah, come on, just do some training with me. And I was off work and everything. I just self-harming all sorts, bad stuff going on. And when I was boxing, I just, for, just for that hour or whatever, forgot about how I was feeling. So it gave me that like little release and I had a lot of demons. So I was using that as like a motivation uh, to prove to myself. And he was in my kitchen uh, with my best mate doing a session. That's how I started in my kitchen. Like, And then as I got on and go in the gym with him and a few months later, I went to the proper boxing gym and did the fitness session. And then the coach was like, you, you know, do you want to come to the boxers class? Like you, you've been here a couple of times, you're a fit lad and stuff, you know. Not bad technique. I said, yeah, I'll, I'll come down and then just had a sparring. And don't know, I just got, I just liked it. I was like getting <laughs> punched in the face. So I just, I like at that point, I just wanted some pain. Pain to me it was just like good. Like needed that adrenaline and that, yeah. And I just that was it. I just focused into boxing then, and because of obviously I have like OCD as well. Like you know, always obsessive. Like for me, I, when I get onto something, that's it. I'm I'm doing it, and I will obsess over stuff that I do probably too much, you know. And I just put my head into boxing then, and I just said I'm gonna have a fight one day. And in my head, half of me had to say, "No, I won't. You're not gonna do that, Jay. Shut up. You, you can't box. Like you're too scared. Like you know, it, it, I'm not gonna let you." Like OCD was saying that, but over half of saying, "No, I do want to do it," and so I just kept going and I, I started to change my diet I stopped drinking um, you know started eating healthier and just started changing a lot of habits and the more I was sparring I was you know I was realising I need to put more dedication and learn the technique because I was a bit behind on the technique because I you know I started when I was like 25 so I was a bit I needed to put the time in so I thought if I can put as much into my fitness now get as fit as possible and then in my spare time I'm going to like try and up the technique and, you know, learn. And I, I learned quite, quite fast. Um, and I was finding good lads who were better than me, so, and usually the bigger than me as well. So, you know, I was getting used to whack, getting whacked in the face or whatever and getting injuries and stuff. But, yeah, and then I just, that was it then. And in, that was like April and in February, I had my first fight in Doncaster. And um, the coach was like, do you want to fight? I'm really mad. I'm going no. I don't want to. <laughs> but it gave me a focus then. Aye, um, so the to world. But even then, I was in a dark place again because a few things happened and um, my job put me on part time hours and all these things was happening. I was like, why is this happening now before this fight? But you know, it was it was to test me. Um, and when I had that fight in Doncaster, like you know, it was two and a half hours away from our, from where I lived. It was quite a mission and like last fight of the night kind of thing. Um, but I got in there, I lost on a split. It's really hard to, you know, win away from home. Um, but I didn't really care. I just happy to do three rounds and get out, mm. you know, without being knocked out. And I, I, there's no better feeling for me. And that ever since that day, I've, I know that I can always uh, overcome these these situations because to me, nothing's as scary as getting in that, that ring that night. Yeah. So, you know, takes that, a lot. Takes a lot of bottle to do. So, I mean, I could never do. I mean, I no, struggle to be sevens. Never mind boxing. So it's um, no, it's it's brilliant. It's brilliant that you were able to do that, mate. Especially as you said, you had a kind of voice in your head saying that you can't do it. So it takes a lot to to overcome it. So fair play to you, mate. Aye, and it's interesting as well that you said, obviously you lost, but you were still positive after it, considering how negative you were leading up to it. Yeah. And like, because it wasn't really the result that mattered. It was just going out and doing it, which was the. Uh, main thing for you yeah yeah just just get, get because i even you know the day my brain saying you're not you can't do this you're not doing it but, so i'm fighting them obsessive thoughts again like the ocd goes into overdrive like all oh, like with ocd it, the intrusive thoughts can be horrendous and that's you can't get away from whether it's images or just just words um so my brain saying you're getting knocked out you're getting knocked out well you get knocked out mm-hmm. everyone yeah and was laughing at her, like, and it constantly all day. It, like, that's like five years ago today. That's what my 
Brian was saying, that's why yeah. I was the, you know, such such a bad day for me. But um kind of going back to your original question, I think what you said is like why I'm doing the mental health boxing is because I know how much it helped me and I know how much help it helps other people. Mm-hmm. Um so you know, me and my best mate Liam we're just gonna do this program where it's kind of we're not gonna make guys fight, but do kind of eight week camps, um, couple of sessions a week, and we're gonna, you know, get him a bit fitter, get him teach him some stuff, but also work on the mental side of boxing because that's a bit that's neglected. I think mm-hmm. is you know, I've been going in his gym, I've been in there tonight, and we're just talking to the guys about self talk, competitive anxiety, visualization, um, you know, what you can control, what you can't control, and. You know, I think these things, these skills you can take out of the gym and use in, in you know, normal life as well. So that's what we're, we're hoping to get. And, you know, we've had quite a bit of interest, you know, without even really promoting it yet. So mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, it, it, it goes well. Oh, yeah. See, see ex- exercise in general, I think, it's amazing for mental health. Mm-hmm. See whether it's a gym, whether it's going to run or... Um, it's bo- boxing, I would imagine, would be amazing, especially somebody of your background who's got a boxing, got a, a, a boxing experience, but also you're obviously for Talk Club as well. So they're kind of getting the best of both for yourself. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm sure that will be, I will make a massive difference to a lot of people. Uh, and there's like the, uh, not so much the voices of you saying like, oh, you, you can't fight this, blah, blah, blah. But like Mick said, obviously the exercise that's vital to try and bring yourself, uh, make yourself feel a bit better. But there's always voices for me personally that it's laziness to be fair, but I'm going, I'll go to gym today, I'll go to gym today. And in a few hours down the line, I'll go, nah, I can't be bored. And I'll just lie in my bed. <clears throat> so it's just the motivation, more than actual, like, the intrusive sort of thoughts of, oh, no, I'm not, I can't do this. It's more getting motivated. So like having, so not, you're not almost like a PT, I suppose, like you and your pal, training these guys to give them the motivation, give them the uh, encouragement for them to go on and do it themselves, which is obviously very vital because we had, I never actually went to it, but we had uh, a start of lockdown last year, uh, virtual PT sessions and a guy like, you know, put his camera on and he done it, that local PT and that worked for a lot of people and a lot of people got a lot out of that, but it's just having somebody to give you that push and if you can go yourself, do you know what I mean? So it's massive. Yeah. It's making some. It's making you accountable in it to mm-hmm. to go to the gym and you know if you know someone's there to say you know where are you you come in like you're more likely to kind of go. Um, and my my best mate like he's a really really good boxing coach. Um, you know and he he's, he he knows what he's doing and obviously I've got experience boxing and I, I'm probably not as confident teaching boxing though to people because I've I've not really done that before. Like you know I've given few tips and stuff but um I need to build my confidence teaching people but mm-hmm. you know my strength is talking to people about you know the mental side and um, right. hopefully it's just trial and error just see how it goes you know um and yeah hopefully it goes well. Okay, see when you see when you see when you said like um when you were when you had your when your OCD obviously when you were fighting it was like a release an escape from it. Do you get that kind of same feeling when you're when you're training these guys or when you're talking through stuff or when you're doing your talk club stuff? Does that how does that affect you and your what the kind of struggles that you face? Uh, yeah, so obviously doing all this talk club stuff it helps me, um, but it can also not help me as well. Um, you know because I I'll be honest today I've been quite uh, stressed out. You know all day just feeling a bit. I don't know, overwhelmed, like, doing this walk on Sunday and I'm not too sure I'm doing the right thing in life with talk club and this and that. I, I, you know, when you have all them doubts, so... Yeah. Um, because I really want to make it successful, obviously I've got a lot of things going on in my head, OCD constantly saying, nah, nah, you can't do it and this, and I keep, can't stop thinking about it, so... um. But when I do it, you know, it, it's amazing. I, I, you know, doing the walks and playing footy and stuff, like, really does help me. And, you know, I wouldn't do it if it didn't help me. But obviously, I, I need to have them boundaries. And sometimes I go over them. And you probably know yourself, you know, when you give too much, it can affect affect you, can't it, mentally? Yeah, but balance, uh, we, I think it's just balance, uh, isn't it? Yeah, 
we've had these discussions within Manon of volunteers um, over the last 18 months, like, you could burn yourself out if there's, like, could we lucky to have a lot of volunteers now, people, like, with designated roles, but for a while it was, like, four or five of us doing everything, so it was kind of, you were overloaded, really, with so much, and then you were burnt out, so you couldn't really help others because you weren't feeling up to it yourself, sort of thing, so it definitely does. Uh, you being in a good place obviously helps um, everybody else who you're trying to help, which is vital. Yeah, wait, see, no, AJ, you're almost a victim of your own success because, I mean, the, the more talk club grows, the kind of more responsibility in a way that you have. So I think it's important that you do have a support network there where people can help you and you're not taking on too much yourself. But again, what you're doing, I mean, it's clear to see how much of a massive impact it's made on, on a lot of Definitely. people. So, I mean, have a lot of confidence and be proud of yourself for it because it's it's amazing to see. I mean, we are... we, we, we I think it's amazing what you've done. So God only knows what the guys in Warrington, Liverpool, that kind of area of, of what they feel about it as well, you know. So it's no, just I really make- appreciate that, mate. It's when you're in something though, it's very hard to see what you're doing. Um, you know, a couple of months ago I, I had the kind of you know really bad wobble myself and I had to quit my job because just making me feel that depressed. I had to get out of the negative situation just to try and concentrate on myself. And um, so I've made some positive changes, but I, I couldn't see what we was doing in Talk Up. I, I just couldn't see it. So I stepped back a little bit just to see what am I doing? Because when my head's that in it, I can't really, sometimes hard to see what you are doing. You're blinded so, a bit when you're writing. Yeah, you know, no matter what anyone says, you don't really, you still think, oh, I'm not doing it. It's rubbish, this, mm-hmm. not good enough. You know, so it, um, and I, I do a lot of it on my own, like, you know, I'm, I need to, like, I look at you and think, oh, I need to make it, like, you know, get people around me and help out. Well, I'm just not sure who or how, you know, I'm still learning. I'm only, like, pretty young myself and learning what all this stuff to me is pretty new, like, non-profit organisations and stuff like that. Like, I know what I'm good at working with people, but all this business and, like, admin and stuff, I'm not... Ah, it's but, um, see, see one thing I was going to ask you, like, see when you're, I met, you mentioned there, you're quite vocal on Twitter about how you're feeling now, which I think is a brilliant thing, so I think that's yeah, a definitely. problem, not, not enough people are, but Twitter, you're kind of opening to everybody, so it's like, whether it's positive, or if you're feeling, if you're feeling a bit shit, you, you do speak about it, which, as I said, it is brilliant, but how do you kind of, how do you, I mean, I know, I've, from what I've seen, I've messaged you privately on DM, I've messaged you on Twitter about it, just to see how you're doing and whatever, but I've seen that the high majority of the stuff you get is, is positive, but you know what Twitter's like, there's always going to be somebody that says something negative. Mm. And I've I've seen somebody comment on it. I think I think you saved somebody's life. I think you've, it was something really massive. I and remember somebody it, commented and it was re- such a horrible comment to you. And I just saying you were showing off or something like that. I, I like how, I how how did you deal with that? Because I personally I was pissed off with that, but how did you deal with it? Um not too good to be honest. Um yeah, that just I try my best not to, you know, on Twitter, try my best to always, you know, be positive, but talk in the right manner. So I won't try not to swear, try not to, like, get involved in football talk, like Everton and stuff, like arguing with people. Um, but just try and keep it to stuff that, you know, I, I know I'm not going to get upset about or angry because um, I know I've got a lot of people who follow me and probably look up to me. So I try and know my image well, but... You know, when you get things like that, it's very hard to, you know, not respond. And this this guy was just like a kind of, he was a troll, basically. Like, his name was Funkin Dergerson, like a picture of Big Dunk. And like, just started tweeting all this stuff, you know, uh, for attention. And oh, some other guy was like, yeah, he's probably got his phone while he's doing the CPR and stuff. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I've, I've just rushed out of my house at half twelve at night to, you know, do. I do say I want to know exactly. Oh yeah, first thing I did is get my phone. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. come on, mate. Like, be realistic. Like, and it's hard not to bite. Like, even if there's ninety nine point nine percent positive messages, focus on the negative sometimes. And because I was in shock the next morning, I was still in shock. Like, I'd, I'd not been asleep. Like, you know, this happened at half twelve at night outside my house. You know, I heard a noise, I people shouting, taxi driver shouting, so I ran out and then, you know, 
neighbours on the floor, like, didn't really know what was going on. It was, like, it was just a surreal moment. And then when I realised, it was like, oh, my God, I need to... I did this training online, like, last month when Chris Erickson... Yeah, I, I remember seeing that, yeah. actually, when... Because you were no, focal about it when he... Uh, yeah. Collapsed, I remember that. The online thing, mate, and I just thought, wow, like, is this real? Like, but then in my head, my OCD saying, you can't touch her because contamination. I've got that going mm. in my head as well. So I'm looking at it, I'm like, right, okay. So I've, I've got to overcome that and then try and put into practice what I've learned. And, you know, me and a taxi driver worked together as a team, and one of my neighbors come out, and we, you know, we, we did what we could. Um, but obviously, you know, it wasn't it wasn't enough. Um, but yeah, so the next morning, like, I found out, you know, she's passed away, and I've got this guy giving me, you know, grief on Twitter. Like, I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I mean, I just I was in so much shock, but it did help me that a lot of people's, you know, messaging, and I didn't do it for attention, just just putting an outlet, you know, right. basically. Um, but then I'm thinking, like, as everyone thinks that now, I ended up deleting the tweet. To be honest, I just deleted them that night because I just thought can't be bothered anyone else saying anything because I will just lose, end up losing it or something, and saying come and meet me at the Bradley Street or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I need to delete it and just try and get off Twitter for a day or two. So it's crazy. Like... It's crazy you can go through something so traumatic and somebody can still be that. The word is probably right. too horrible. It's it's absolutely horrible that you can try and be, do something. Reaction, but <clears throat> you're going to get that, mate. Twitter, Twitter is. I mean, I think Twitter's a laugh. I mean, that's why I go on it. For, it's, I go on it for just to see what's happening with football and having a laugh with mates and stuff. But I've seen how horrible people can be. Um, mm. And as I said, they can. People don't realise the effect uh, a really nasty tweet can have on somebody and how it can pretty much fuck up their whole day or their week or whatever. But I knew that. I mean, that's just it's out and out horrible. That's, that's it. There's, there's absolutely no need for it at all. But as I said, as hard as it as it will be, just try and focus on all, all the positive ones, mate. Because the the reactions you get, the high majority will be positive. So I would, I know it's will be difficult, but I really would try and just focus on that. Yeah. All right. So I've got a couple of things. Uh, one was something you said earlier on, but we kind of lost the conversation. It made me laugh, but. Uh, you talked about when you were doing the video a couple of years ago, the first video you ever done, you were scared to do it and stuff. And there was something you tweeted recently, which I resonate with a lot. And it was you tweeted a outtake of a video you do for Talk Hub, and you were laughing that you yeah. Chris used to like when we were just kind of starting out, Chris would message me, like, Oh, can you do this video? It's June, like an hour. And I'd be right, cool. So I'm up from home, so I'm like, right, cool. So I'd have my phone there and I would be doing it, and I want to say it'd be about 15 takes or something, I would just be going, oh my God, and I'd be howling in them, and I just found it so awkward, but see, like, you know, so as time goes on, you do more, like, I'm all right, but honestly, because I'm not looking at a script in it as well, I'm just trying to think it out, it made me laugh when I seen your video, so I was like, oh, it's so true, that's exactly the way I am all the time, man, it's brutal. Um, I, <clears throat> obviously, apart from the fact that our uh, organisations are obviously quite closely linked, and um, how big you are and everything, uh, how vocal you are and that was obviously a massive reason for us to get you on. But another thing I was, you've touched on it a lot, but I was kind of keen to almost find out more about is if you're comfortable to talking about it, is OCD and how it can kind of affect you because I've seen you reply to a few people recently and it's people who kind of talk about OCD and like the kind of standard kind of jokey almost way, as in like maybe turning the light on and off three times going, oh, I've got OCD. And it's just like the pure typical um, meaning of it, the definition of it, which just isn't true. And I've seen you react to a few people. Um, recently, there was a guy with sushi or something. Yeah. I, it, and it was, it was daft, is what it was. It was just daft. Yeah, they, I mean, you know, he, he said, oh, I've got mild OCD. And, I, you know, I, I replied to him and stuff, but... Um, his response was a bit negative towards me, to be honest. But I just said, you know, he said say 25% of the population in the UK have OCD, but he was wrong. 1% of the population have OCD. Um, and over 50% have severe OCD. So it's, you know, very de- debilitating. So it's roughly around 700,000 people, I think it is. In the um, UK? Yeah. 
Yeah. So it's, you know, but it's a very, it's, I think they used to call it like the silent illness years ago because no one really speaks about it. No one knows about it. Like people use OCD as a, like an, like an adjective. Like, oh, that's so OCD or I'm so OCD or my OCD, but it's about moving a cushion or having something neat. Um, but, it, you know, it's much more than that. You know, it, OCD is obsessive compulsive disorder. It's a disorder like you wouldn't say I'm so depression or I'm so diabetes, would you? Like, it doesn't make sense. So, because the, the name gets used very loosely and, you know, people use it as like businesses and stuff use it as like obsessive Christmas disorder and they put yeah. it on the, the clothes. I, I really kind of making fun of, not making fun of it, but like trying to have fun yeah. with it kind of thing. Yeah, you know, and that that's what people do. They think it's just being neat, but it's not. There's so many different types, you know. Um, there's suicidal OCD, there's harm, um, sexual, um, relationship OCD, uh, contamination, uh, symmetry. You know, there's there's a lot of different ones. Um, religious as well. So, you know, and I, I do suffer with, with quite a few of them. Um, and, you know, it's very, very hard, especially like the magical thinking as well. That's a very one that I do suffer with a lot. So, you know, I think like if I don't do something, say this cup like seven times, keep moving that, then like someone's going to die. So I put all the responsibility onto me. People OCD, you take a lot of responsibility on, on things. Um, so... Just now, I just made this cup of tea, yeah, and I had my phone in me and put it down, and I got a tea bag, put it in, and I was like, I've not washed my hands because I have to wash my hands constantly. Even if I touched anything before I touch food, whatever, I have to wash it. So I put the tea bag, and then I've gone. That might have some germs on COVID because I've had my phone, and that might kill me now. I might get COVID from that, and that's my brain's going like that, like mad yeah. about it. Um, so I have to try and overcome it and not give it thought but because it's a, it's a vicious cycle so if I have that thought of I always use an example of like when I was a teenager I'd be in bed and almost in my brain would be going you need to go and check them curtains seven times and then check the window if you don't someone's going to kill him kill all your family tonight so I'd go down the, the bunk bed like metal bunk bed but like after the curtains just looking at it going like talking to yourself like one, two, three, four, like doing that. Then I do the window and then I get back on my bed and then my anxiety's gone down because I've performed the compulsion. But that's the worst thing you can do because it's just gonna come round again. And right, then I'm gonna need to do it again. Get in bed and I lie there and I'll go, right, okay. And then it'll go, No, you need to do it again because it might actually happen that you know, if you don't do it and they die, your mum dies or your stepdad, it's your fault. So I'd have to get out again, and I just I keep just getting in and out until I was that like say knackered that I've just fell asleep. So then I'd be getting my mum and all that next day like why are you banging at night and you know I'd be getting shouted at. Um, so I was taking that responsibility to save my family, but you know anyone else just be like what the hell are you on about? But for me it's it's real. You know it could be an airplane. If I've seen something on news, airplane crash, I think. An airplane's gonna crash into my house tonight, or my stepdad's gonna kill me. If I've seen something on the news where um mum's boyfriend's killed, you know, kids or whatever, that I I'd be in bed staying awake because my stepdad's gonna kill me and I'll be doing these things to make sure it doesn't happen. So yeah. they're not related. What I do this cup is not related to what happens to me and my family or whatever, but in my head it it, it really is real. And if, I, if that did happen, which it won't, I, I'd, I'd feel so guilty and stuff, even though mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense. I can't remember what it was. It's a TV show, I'm sure. I seen in the mum um, turned the light switch on, I think it was three times. It kind of puffed the cushion three times, uh, cleaned something three times so a boy didn't die. And they didn't say that's what it was. It was um, just kind of something they'd done, but that's exactly what it is. You're saying that they just yeah. in their mind that's what they need to do. There's, there's a you know there's a difference between say I've used an example like if you like all your shoes nice and tidy in your mm -hmm. say, hallway 
just because you like them nice and tidy, and if they move, you get a bit angry, but it's like, they just need to be tidy. But in my head, or people also see, it's like, they've got to be like that. If they're not like that, something's going to happen. You know, mm-hmm. someone's going to die, or this is going to happen. That's why they need to be thingy, like straight. So it's what's the thought process behind it? And they can be, they can be images as well. You can have intrusive images or just the thought keeps going over. Um, so I've seen a good example how to explain to someone is if I asked you two now to write down on a piece of paper about one of the, someone you love, one of your family members, like saying, I want them to die with the name. Could you write that down on a piece of paper and put it in your wallet or your pocket for a week? What would you would you think? Could you would you feel comfortable doing that? No, absolutely not. No, probably not. And would you attach a meaning to that as well? Would you would you think that's going to happen because you no. wrote it? No. No, I wouldn't do that. You would, you wouldn't want to do it, but you wouldn't think it would happen either. What happened? No. So we we certainly right. would. I would. It's not going to happen, is it? Because no. you wrote that, but no. you still would. And you know that, but you won't feel comfortable keeping that, yeah. right, even writing it down. So someone with OCD, this is what we have all the time, all day. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yeah. I think that's, I've seen that example on the OCD website, and I thought, you know, that's a, a good way of trying to... That is a good way of articulating it, actually. Yeah, because see what I was thinking, Jamie, and it's, it's such a, a good insight that you've given us on different types of OCD, because I think it is quite a common misconception that there is only OCD is just making things neat or moving things about the house when really as you've as you've explained it's you've elaborated on it that it's so much more than that there's so many it can affect every part of your daily life as well so it's again I mean I wasn't aware that that's how kind of severe it can go I I, I didn't think it was just moving stuff but you make making things neat but I didn't realize that's how again that's how severe it can get yeah you know because obviously I don't talk about every type because I don't speak about what I, what I feel comfortable, but, you know, there can things where I can go back in the past and go, oh, did that happen? And I done something bad then, like, 15 years ago, and I just start going on a mad a mad thing and getting dead anxious and worried and going over it in my head. Um, and it's like a, a fake memory kind of thing where you just don't know what's real. And um, sometimes you do have, like, you can't remember what happened half an hour ago, but you can remember what happened 10 years ago and you can go over things. I can go over like what's happened in the past eight weeks and I have to go through each week and I have to recite it. I have to know everything what's happened in the past eight weeks um, or conversations about people. As soon as I go away from them, I go for over a full conversation until I get every word right. If I don't get it right or someone tries to interrupt me, they don't know I'm doing that in my head. They can't tell it. Oh, Jay's doing his compulsion there, but in my head, I'm, I'm going over things. So it's also, a lot of it's mental. It's not just physical stuff. It, it's in, you know, with numbers and words and letters and just going over things. Um, so I could be doing a ritual and a, a compulsion, but you wouldn't know because I just look, just look like Because it's just all inside. It's not, you're not doing it uh, out loud for people to know. And obviously if somebody does interrupt you, then, you get annoyed because you're interrupted, but yeah, it's just it's again, it's going back to that responsibility of you need to do all this, and then if somebody accidentally spoils it, however, you're the one that feel guilty because you need to go back and you need to do it, and, and then you just yeah. start being so harsh on yourself, and it's just a never ending thing, basically. You basically, you're just you're putting so much responsibility, and a lot of people will see they're probably the safest people to. You know, to 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 be around because they're that scared of anything bad happening. Um, you know, that's you know with the checking and the, the contamination. Like, I took my car to get a multi today, and all I'm thinking about is just uh, I can't get in there. It's just full of contamination. You know, I just it's just someone's been sat in my. You know what I mean? I I've had to buy spray and spray the whole car. Like, it's with this coronavirus, it's it's made my contamination thing go really really bad whereas before that the exposure therapy is kind of you try and make you not wash your hands when you eat or don't shower too much so everything you learn now is is how to go mm-hmm. all right no that's 
it's good obviously to get an insight in it and like you said what well, I said at the start like well actually someone said it um, it's a misconception very common misconception in all sort of pop culture uh, just in society in general obviously people kind of use it in the wrong um, sense an awful lot so uh, it's good to kind of get the um, full insight you know, people just don't know and that's why I just try and educate people on it if they say it you know because People just don't know, like, so if you teach them, then you're doing something good, aren't you? Oh, exactly. You know, you can't exactly. blame them. Oh. But, uh, aye, so thanks for that. Like I said, I was kind of keen to get that sort of um, on yeah. here, if you were all right with it, and thank, thankfully you were. But there's something else you kind of touched on earlier on. Uh, walk on Sunday. Is it you ever not get West Ham at home? Yeah. And what what's the walk? What is it from a certain place to a stadium of pre-match? Yeah, we're walking from Bramley Mall Dock, which if you know anyone doesn't know, that's where Everton's new stadium's getting built. Oh, um, okay, yeah. So it's two point two miles away from Goodison. So that's why we decided to kind of just do like a, a short walk. Um we've been we've been speaking to the club for probably a year now, but Every time I try and do something, there's always like restrictions or stuff that happens. Uh, of course. You couldn't do anything, not on a match day at the moment. So, you, you know, they said, let's do something on a match day. Um, and, you know, everyone's going to be there. So, yeah, it's been a good response so far. And, yeah, I was going to do a little two mile walk and, you know, with other, with other Evertonians and, you know, just get a little bit of exposure and get the, the word out there that it's it's okay to talk and you know men's right. metal matters do you know roughly how many numbers you've got for it i've got 40 on my list at the moment oh, um, my God, it's a bit hard to try and keep up who's because i know uh, people probably just decide on the day or whatever um but you know even as just one guy as you know yourself mm-hmm. like, it's, it's i help one person it's a success yeah I think the weather will probably affect a lot of people. People won't say yes, no, until they see if the weather's all right or not. Oh, hopefully it's all right that day. Uh, sunny Liverpool would be fine. But um, no, that's brilliant. We uh, done. We didn't actually do it, but we were talking last year about doing a walk around. It would have been a massive walk. <clears throat> it would have been like from Ibrooks to Hamden to Parkhead, just to kind of go around the three yeah. stadiums. It never came to that because obviously like you said uh, restrictions and that well um I think how many done. miles was that then from them oh, I can't remember what it was now it was a lot though it was it was going to be a big fundraising day because of how far it was but it just never came to it in the end but um I we only thing we have in New York which you obviously you were here is Capital uh, like football stadium wise the Morton one and um and what an arena that is. Aye. That, that photo <laughs> was in front of me with the talk of lads is bust. I love that. I, I, <laughs> you just, I missed it. I missed it. You just got a lot of good photos. JC, see, see one thing. See, talking about football, and right, I need to ask you something. Right, see, next time you score at Old Trafford, going to know, celebrate it the way you did. That was horrible to see. Made me feel terrible. <laughs> you were absolutely, you were going absolutely mental. It was no, it was it was wild. But you can just right. spot yourself every time Everton score a goal. You I seem was, to find yourself. <laughs> I don't know. I was going to say it's like every every away game. It's always like a video of <laughs> me, me in the away end. <laughs> I just I don't know. Always. The, the Southampton one, game was the best at all. Was that like, the one that was pure zoomed in on you? And you yeah. go, I go mental. The, the first match back, it was just like aye. I couldn't even sing at the start, lad. My head, my head was gone. When Zed Cars come on, I was like, oh my God, I can't even sing. It was a bit That's the way you see the, the first Celtic game I went but I went to um, after COVID and then the first the Scotland game there. It's exactly the same. Both right. sellouts and it was just, I think it was just relief. I mean, the, we won both games but it was just relief to be back and it was honestly, right, it's, yeah. especially, especially the Scotland game on Saturday. Um, as you do know, Jay, we are pretty shit in general at football so it's um, any kind of happiness we get is what well, we're going to make the most of it but it's just sheer elation I think being, being it's, back it's, well, it's been deprived of something for so long and it? it's something a passion of everybody's and you could didn't have it uh, for what 18, 19 months so I my first day back at iBooks was good as well we 
it was a European game we could beat. But uh, apart the result aside, it was still good going up in the bus and all that again and getting back to actually doing it. So, but that was a good wee segue into uh, football and the last wee topic I wanted to talk about. So, we kind of touched on it last week, Mick, that there's not an awful lot happening in the SPFL at the minute. Nothing to talk about. But Everton down south are flying at the minute under Rafa. Yeah, we're doing we're doing uh, we're doing all right, lad. Um, uh, you know, we, were you one of the ones that was disappointed to Rafa at the start because yeah. he was passed? Oh, he was raging. He was raging, Jay. You, you were outside the pub going absolutely mental. I remember and that. Dan and Owen and uh, Neil. I seen all the tweets. I think Owen's photo on Twitter is still Rafa out, like <laughs> on a blue background, just as somebody spray painted Rafa out. I still his DP on Twitter. But, um, I also <laughs> seen them talking about it constantly at the start, but obviously he's, t- he's turning out to be alright. He's a great manager, Rafa, but obviously it's just the past with Liverpool winning Champions League, and that's not a, a good thing for. Yeah. Yes. Was it refer to? Did they not refer to Everton as a small club? Is that is that no why? I think that's so. I assume I say that here. You look red. You look red. Not red. Sorry, uh, he, he does boxing too, Mick. <laughs> no, a bit it's, of a It's just it's like you saying having like Neil Lennon at uh, Rangers or yeah. Walter Smith or someone at. Like, I would take. I would take. I would take Neil Lennon. Neil Lennon at Rangers would be amazing. Please, please go. <laughs> He's got... <laughs> the thing is, no, like, it's just, I don't know, it's just like, you can't compare it. It's just like, what, what? Nah, yeah. it can't happen. This. It's like, it's that whole thing, like, there's no loyalty in football and that, because I remember whoever he went to after Liverpool and he was going out of went back to the Premier League, it would only be for Liverpool. And then since then, he's managed Chelsea, Newcastle and New Everton. So, like, yeah. right, so it's just, it's just all talk. It happens with a lot of big ones, obviously, but, um, Mourinho was the same says it's only Chelsea and then he's managed my new and Spurs but uh, I love Poon Everton that's probably one of the only real rivalries left in England like that isn't pure consumerised now into half and half scarves and that Liverpool and Everton do genuinely still hate each other which as we know as football fans is the best bit about football yeah. that's beautiful beautiful you love to see it so that was a very very tough one for Benitez to cross that divide I think that was massive people think that the, the Merseyside derby is a friendly derby but you know it's, I think it's, it's one of the I think it's probably one of the toughest ones there it's, it's actually one of the, the dirtiest derbies on the pitch mm-hmm. with cards in the Prem and um you know, if you come to Goodison on Derby Day, and even ex-players for Liverpool and all that will say it, like, the Goodison Derby is more intimidating. Like, the Derby at Anfield is, you know, they probably, they've got the, you know, all the cologne and all that, like the, the, you know, the flags and banners and stuff, it probably looks mm-hmm. better, but at Goodison, we're not really into stuff like that. Like, it's just, but I, Goodison's more angry, like, we've not got loads of songs and we don't have banners and all that stuff, but you've got like take the away fans where you've got 37,000 angry Evertonians and you're close to the pitch and you can hear what, what we're saying, so uh, it is quite intimidating. Um, and the other derbies around the, the Prem, I don't I don't really think they're, they're as intense as the Merseyside derby. No. You know? Down London, there is not a derby at all. No. There is no... no. They, 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 cheat, they, they cheat to call every one of them a derby and they, they just uh, another game in it. Like, West Ham like Man, Man U and Liverpool is still okay, but it's, that's fading away as well. Man U and Man City is never a derby. It's not a derby. Like, United and Liverpool is not a... I know, it's, I suppose it was just kind of the two ran English football for so long and they're just kind of yeah. so close it's to like each other. It's like a Barcelona so. Madrid, that. Like, it's just like... Aye, exactly, aye. Like, two, we, most, we, two most successful teams in England. Aye. Yeah. But it's not like a, it's not like the Manchester or the Merseyside derby, you know. It's Local. They've got a big rally, but Everton, Liverpool, or United Cities, they're the proper derbies kind of uh, thing. Yeah. Um, but Rafa's kind of, you know, you know, he's turning the the opinions around now. I think, and um, I'm not really getting too attached to a manager going after Carlo, so <laughs> 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 he's, he's brought me trust in. So. Um, I just go watch the game, watch the players. Get on, and then see yourself on Twitter. Yeah. Aye. For some reason he goes to away games just to see if he can see himself on the telly after it. Get on match of the day. Uh, so where, 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 where are you going to finish, Jay? What's your prediction? I don't know. I'd say... <laughs> I'd say, say seventh. Seventh? No, no. 
like in Dijenko get European? I reckon probably depends on who gets in some the good results so far like. for Everton. They've got some team. Are we? Is it Demari? Demari Gray? Demari Gray and Townsend like basically cost one point seven million between them both, and they've been outstanding. Mm. Um, obviously we had Thomas Rodriguez who star man last year, but just didn't want to play for us. I could have asked him. As soon as Carlo left, though, as soon as Carlo left, they just doing tools. I don't know. And you want you want you, you you know them players. I only ever got to see him once at United away pre-season for forty-five minutes. Right, like, one of the mm-hmm. most talented players ever played for Everton. No one really got to see him, but uh, I'd rather watch Andros Townsend and Demari Gray. You give hundred percent. Give the balls out there. Yeah. See, I, out with like Rangers managers, my two. I really love obviously everybody loves Jose Mourinho. I can't know like him, and then I really like Carlo Ancelotti. I don't know what it's just a kind of cool, calm. Everything never gets aggravated that balls like them. So when he went Everton, I thought great manager. They might actually compete here, and then he just fucked off after the first season, which I thought was wild. As soon as Real Madrid came calling again, he said a lot of things though. Like you know, he, he loves it. He wants to, to sign a new contract to be in the new stadium in three years and. You know, he loves the area and uh, where he's living, Crosby. Um, he just had a lot of sound bites, you know, and he, he, he slagged off the, the Super 6, kind of. Mm-hmm. You know, he was saying that a week before he joined Madrid, so we like, you've just signed for the people who are the European Super League. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, yeah, he's left a bit of taste, but you know, you've got to move forward in football, haven't you, as you know. Yeah. And, um, I'm I just happy to be back. Back at the match, to be honest, boys, and just you know making the most of it. I quite right, mate. Yeah, good. Well, that's almost an hour I've been on. But Jay, thank you again for coming on. And our pleasure, mate. next uh, in-person meeting will be is it the thirtieth of October? Oh, yeah, a couple of weeks in it. Um, uh, it's going to be eleven aside. Eleven aside, isn't it? It's eleven aside, aye. Have you sorted out a ref? That we've got a ref. Is this official? A big game. Tony Bellew. <laughs> <laughs> I spoke to the guy who runs the uh, Enjoy Football that we go to on a Friday and he said he's sorting the pitch um, uh, and he's going to sort it for me. So it's either... good, It'd be good to have it proper refereed in that as well. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, no. we'll get someone. Obviously, we, we, we managed it well ourselves last time as well, didn't we? Um, it was a nice, nice friendly game. It was good. Uh, and I, I, just remember, I, I did score. I scored. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I can't wait for you to, to come down on that. Um, bring bring your banners or your flags if you've got one as well. We'll get some good. Yeah, definitely, I absolutely. Pleasure pleasure speaking to you again, mate. Look forward to speaking to you again, and again we'll share this everywhere so we'll get more kind of more advertisement about Talk Club and what he's doing. And again, wish you all the very best with that as well, mate. Exactly. Cool. Thank you, Jay. Hey guys, take care, boys. Cheers. Oh